city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations. First down, played it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braided. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. I want to wish everybody from the Keys to the City family a happy new year and welcome to the new decade. 2020 is full in effect. It is football Friday, baby. I'm excited. It's wildcard weekend. We got college football to talk as well. Is the Big 12 the most overrated conference in college football? And Tua, could he really come back? And should Jim Harbaugh be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines? And like I said, it's Football Friday, Wild Card Weekend. We're talking all the games this weekend for you. The Philadelphia Eagles, Seattle Seahawks, the New England Patriots. Are we really, really going to do this again with the New England Patriots? I, I just want to know. Because everybody seems to get is all on the Tennessee Titans. And can Derrick Henry lead his team to a victory? Bill O'Brien also, is he coaching for his job? And then you got Kirk Cousins and the Saints. The Saints, past two years, we know the story. And Kirk Cousins, we know the story. We'll get into all of it. But let's start off with this. And I was thinking about it last night. As I was watching the Indiana-Tennessee game and my breaking news came on. There's only a couple certainties in life, right, Ted? Death, taxes. One of them is what we're going to talk about in a couple minutes. And that's the New England, Patriots vic- is a New England Patriot playoff appearance. And the other one is Jerry Jones seeking attention. And that's what we get, once again. And everybody wants to say, oh, why? what is Dallas doing? Why are they doing this? It's a perfect setup. It's the perfect story. The Dallas Cowboys aren't in the playoffs. We're about to start the playoffs 24 hours from now. So what does Jerry Jones decide to do? Let's not wait until Tuesday. Let's not wait until Wednesday. Let's wait until 11.50, 11.55 on Thursday night, going into Friday, knowing that it's Wild Card Weekend. And I laugh about this because this is such a Dallas move. This is such a Jerry move. Always wants the attention. And it's even more funnier that we hear one report say, Jason Garrett is done. But yeah, Jason Garrett is still under contract for the next seven days, or eight days, I should say. So what is it? Is Jason Garrett going to be the next head coach or still stay as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, or is Jerry Jones finding someone else? It is such a weird process right now, and it's just it's, it's comical to me because we waited all week, and we know Black Monday teams are going to take time to find if they want to keep their coach, but it's just funny. You saw the Browns, they did it. The Giants, they did it. All the teams that wanted to get rid of their coaches, they did. And then you see the Dallas Cowboys. And that's what makes it even funnier. Because we have to wait until Thursday night, going into Friday morning, to see if Jason Garrett is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. We knew it all along it was going to happen. But it's just funny that it just has to wait all the way. And it's just such a it's such a jeery move because it's a, a he's a te- you, you he's, said it perfectly. He always last night. wants the attention. He's always seeking the attention, and what do you know? We are less. We are over 27 hours away from the NFL wild card. The NFL playoffs 2020 have officially begun. But no, what are we talking about? We're talking about the games. 
But you know, the Dallas Cowboys, they're like that little gnat that just doesn't go away. They stay with you and they want to continue to show, hey, we're still here, guys. I know we're not in the playoffs, but we're still here. Ted, it's just comical. It brings in all the attention. You said it. We, what we should be talking about today is the is the eight teams this weekend that are going to be playing in the wild card. The teams that earned it. That did. Not the Dallas Cowboys who continually. But they had the opportunity. That's so, what makes it even worse. So we said it perfectly. Usually Monday is Black Monday when all the coaches be, are fired. They could have fired them Tuesday. They could have fired them Wednesday. But they didn't. They waited till Thursday night. Now, they didn't even have the meeting that they were so-called going to have the third meeting of the week. On Thursday, they never met up with yeah. each other. That was canceled. You don't do it during the day on Thursday. You don't do it during the afternoon, which could have been on 6 o'clock Sports Center or anything. Mm -hmm. You waited till 10, 11 o'clock for Ed Werder to do the breaking news. Mm -hmm. You know it's going to be talked about midnight, but what is it going to do? It's going to lead a lot of the Friday morning shows. And we were on the NFL, we were on the NFL Network this morning. They were talking about. It. We were on ESPN this morning. We were talking about. It. We watched Fox Sports One. They were talking about it on every sports station. It's just, it's just, it was one of. It wasn't the number one story, but it was one of the top three stories going into this weekend, other than the Patriots and yes. and, then, and then just the just general the games in general game. but it brings the attention back to the Cowboys which Jerry Jones has always wanted and this is why he wants to be part of the discussion and whatever it is that's the problem with whoever is going to be everybody wants to say who's going to be the next head coach of the, of the Dallas Cowboys and that's the you just said it right there Ted is <laughs> Jerry Jones that ego. It's smart. That, it, it's it, smart because it keeps the Dallas Cowboys relative. Of it course. Keeps and, yes, of course. And, and as, That's why I say Jerry Jones an is owner, a He does the best job for his franchise making sure that his organization is in the front page of the paper. Now, a lot of people don't like that. They're like, stay away. You're not part of it. It's not your job. And people just hate the Cowboys. That's fine. I understand that. You got to look at it from the business aspect. I also think that what it hurts his organization because – First of all, you're not able to get the interviews. You might miss out on a coach because you waited three or four extra days because you want because you felt bad. You didn't want to. You didn't want to no. fire Jason. And that's what makes it because when you look at him, it looks like his son. That's what it makes it looks like his step his son. It makes it even funnier that we had to have this all week go on. That usually teams that know they're moving on with their current head coach to another to a new beginning, and you just see the Dallas Cowboys sitting there again. Day in and day out, same story, same issue. This is why whoever the Dallas Cowboys hire, it's going to be the same result. It's going to be the same news and attention. And it's all because Jerry Jones wants to, he wants it. He wants all the glory. He wants all the attention. And last night just spoke volumes to why the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys. Because no, let's not do it on Tuesday or Wednesday. No, we're going to do it on Thursday night. Late Thursday night, going into Friday morning, we're going to make the breaking news because guess what? We know that playoff time is right here, and we need to still be in the news. And that's why the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys. I'm done with the Dallas Cowboys. Thank God. I'm done with the Dallas Cowboys. Their season is over. Another year has passed. Hey, can and I ask you a quick, quick question before we go on to something that's Who their next head coaches? Who do, you, who do you see as the top two guys that – not that you want to see them, but who do you see realistic? To me, honestly, I would love for them to keep Jason Garrett and pay Dak Prescott $40 million because I know what those guys are. They'll never win a Super Bowl with those two. Anyways, to, to answer your question, Ted, uh – it's tough because it doesn't matter who comes in. It's you have to. That is part of the job. Yes, you have to coach, but you also have to deal with Jerry, and that's what it comes with. It. There's two jobs with the Dallas Cowboys. 
It's you doing your job as a head coach, but it's also your due, you have to do your job in dealing with Jerry Jones. And that's what it comes down to. So whether that's Urban Meyer, Matt Rule, Matt, uh, Mike McCarthy, it doesn't matter who it is. Eric Bieniemy, it doesn't matter. I don't say you, that like Eric Bieniemy. But um, um, my point yes, is, is that you're going to always have to deal with Jerry Jones in the back. And that's you're going to have to deal with the press conference week in, week in pro, press conference every week. You're going to have to that's deal with it. That's why I think like a guy like Urban Meyer or Mike McCarthy would be their two best solutions because one, Urban Meyer knows what it's like to be. I just don't see it happen. I know the front because and center of, guy. That's what I'm saying. Ohio State, Florida. He knows. First of all, he knows how to deal with personalities. Okay, he knows what to deal with expectations. You come to Florida, you go to Ohio State. There's certain expectations. Also, Mike McCarthy's been there. He knows how to deal. I just with that's why I say it. And a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and he has the personality. And that's why you're. And that's why I would go into the point of. I saying, wouldn't take a guy. Listen, here's the thing. If he takes anyone else. Yeah. If he takes a Matt Rule, and I'm sorry, a Matt Rule, and Eric Bieniemy, anyone else, um, the the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, Salah, Robert, yeah, Salah, Greg Roman, the offense, they're all going to be another Jason Garrett. They're going to be another puppet in the play of Jason of Jerry Jones. And that's why I say a, an Urban Meyer, yeah, would be great for them. A Mike McCarthy, yeah, would be great for them. I just don't see it because those are guys like a Jimmy Johnson, and and I'm not saying these coaches are Jimmy Johnson. Or Bill Parcells. I get that. I'm trying to say is that these are guys that are not going to be yes men. They're not going to be puppets of Jerry Jones. They're going to want to run it their way and only their way. And I know how Jerry Jones is. It's happened before. It could happen again. Speaking of like I just said with one of those things that happen in life. Like I said with death taxes and Jerry Jones seeking attention. I also said another one. And that's the New England Patriots making the playoffs. And from what I've been looking at, reading, seeing, hearing... It's fascinating to think that we are in another year, another decade, and the New England Patriots are in the playoffs again still. But it's different this year because for the first time, everybody is kind of 50-50 on this now. And that's the New England Patriots playing tomorrow, Saturday night, in Foxborough. Against the Tennessee Titans. They're five-point favorite going into the game. And not saying a lot for a team that just lost to the Miami Dolphins. And had the opportunity to have a top two seed again. And that's saying a lot right there for a team like the Titans who started off so poorly this year and have turned their season all around magically with the play of Tannehill, the play of Derrick Henry, who might be the best player in the AFC not named Jackson or Mahomes. Just take that in consideration. But are we really ready? And we just saw it. We were just looking. Is the dynasty over? And everybody's saying yes and this and that. But are we really, have we really come to the point that the New England Patriots dynasty is going to come to an end tomorrow? And are we really, when I see it, exactly, are we really going to buy into it again? And all the BS of saying, oh, they're done. This is it. Just like we thought last year, just like we thought in 2014 when they got smacked to the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. They eventually ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. They eventually won the Super Bowl last year. Now, I know this is a different team. This offense is bad. This offense has been struggling. Their passing game has been inept at times. Their running game has been missing. The passing, the, the offensive line dealing with injuries. They're not the same. I get that. The defense is struggling. They have not been the same team. I know. The I, I, get, I, do I know, get but that. it's the Patriots. But it's the Patriots for 20 freaking years. It's been the same story. And I know they're in the wild card. And when they and play, know, it, and when they play at home, that, yes. it's a different. But I also it's, it's, listen. It reminds me. I was talking to someone last night. 
You, if you ever watch the Alabama Auburn game, when Alabama goes to play in Auburn, there's always weird things that happen at the same. It's like the old Yankee Stadium. Yep. There was there's a mantra. There's there's a a mystique, some, a mystique that kind of overplays the game. Now I want to give a little betting stuff to this for people who are interested in betting this game. Now New England comes in this game eighteen and one. Uh, 18-1. Oh, I remember. Sorry, sorry, that goes to me. That gets, that gets 2007. Yeah, New England is, has an 18-1 to 1 odds of winning the Super Bowl. I thought it was 20. It got dropped. It, it's, it, it dropped. It was oh. earlier this week, 20-1. to 1. Now, however, Belichick and Brady are 6-0 and 0 at Gillette Stadium against Tannehill, winning each game by seven points. Now, if you want to know something about officiating, which is very interesting, referee John Hussey's refereeing crew this week, which will be doing the game, through the second fewest flags for defensive pass interference this season at 14, but through the third most for offensive pass interference. <laughs> um, and Hussey's crew also called the second fewest offensive holding penalties. Now, what's that mean? If you're a gambling man, you'll know what it means. If we're just talking about the game, because that's what we want to talk about, this game has two, two very different storylines for it. You got a Titans team right now. Which is very hot. They they're they're running on all cylinders. They have the, they are dangerous. They have the leading rusher in the NFL this year, Derrick Henry. We were looking up his stats and trying to see if there was a difference between beginning of the season and he's been pretty consistent. We were looking up. Now he's last week in a game that really didn't mean much for the Texans. He ran for two hundred. But man, everything yards. for them. Man, everything. And what did been, he do? And he's been impressive. And what down did he do? Two hundred eleven yards and three touchdowns. Now since Tannehill has become the starter for the Titans, they're seven and three. He's like you said. He's been the second best quarterback in the AFC, only behind Lamar Jackson. He's got the second best pass. We're not saying no. We that we're not saying. Don't have to I don't everything. want people to get all crazy and think that. And now you think about how well they've played. <laughs> they've convert, convert, uh, converted eighty six percent of their red zone trips in touchdowns. Now we have talked about this countless times in years, and we've said this, and even when we were not doing the show. If you're going to beat the Patriots, you got to score touchdowns. You can't kick figure. Field goals. You almost have to be perfect. You don't have it to be seems perfect. Like for, no, no, for that, but this year, that, you might not have to be perfect. I still to be, think you, you have to be perfect in the crucial moments. And I still think you have to be perfect. I, like you said, it's different this year. But if for that one game, for those 60 minutes, the Tennessee Titans, if they have to win the game, have to be perfect. And it's funny, like you said, how everybody thinks their season's over. The Patriots are going to lose. The dynasty's over. When it comes to this time of year for the past 20 years, January and February, there, like I said, there's a mystique. And we've talked about this on numerous occasions. There's a certain mystique when you go to Foxborough on Saturday night, whether it's divisional round or AFC championship time. And it's going to be perfect. It's the perfect setup tomorrow. Cold, rainy. It's the perfect setup. It's that mystique. It's all... Go, and it's going to – I'm picking right now. The Nola Patriots are going to win tomorrow. And I, I, listen, would, I understand where other people are coming from, like where the dynasty is over and people are like, listen, they're not the same team. Because I understand – No, that. we know. No, yes. they're, they're not. They're not. This, is, this might be the worst Patriot team we've seen in the past 20 years. You can make that logistic. Their defense – is not as great as it was the first eight weeks. They were dominant. And remember you were mocking me. I was like, the Patriots are not going undefeated. They're not that good. And you're like, Ted, they haven't – they're no, not I, that good. Stephen Gilmore has not been as impressive they, down the stretch. Tom Brady has not played well. He's the worst. still were a 12-win team now for I a know. team that was so and bad. For a team that I'm, was I'm, so listen, bad. I know. I'm playing devil's advocate. He's the – by statistic numbers, he's the worst quarterback going in the playoffs. 
Tannehill is like the second best, if not the best court. Now, we know Tannehill has never beaten the Patriots in New England. First playoff game, too. First playoff game. Mike Vrabel's first as a head coach. Yep. He was the defensive coordinator when Mike Malarkey was there two years ago when they got beaten the divisional round. Yep. Listen, they have guys that are former uh, Patriots on the team. Ryan Wogan is going to be a slot guy. Logan Ryan. Sorry, Logan, Logan Ryan. Ryan. I did the opposite. He's going to be matched up against Edelman. To think the Patriots are just going to lose at home, yeah. I know they just lost to Miami. And that's what a lot of people are going to say. Listen, they had everything there in front of them to win. They were supposed to beat Miami. They would have had the bye week and everything, and they still couldn't do it. I totally understand where people are coming from with the Titans winning the game. Listen, Tannehill's hot. They got A.J. Brown, who's been possibly the rookie of the year at receiver. He's he's a game-breaker. He's, he's got the be, most 50-yard touchdowns Br this season in the NFL. They have the leading rusher. A.J. Brown has become the, the Corey Davis that they were hoping for. Absolutely. And now, that's what he's now done. Now, what I worry about this is, and we've talked about this, and I had this written down. Tennessee, while it was right around the league average in sack rate, their defense has knocked down opposing passers at just a 4.5% rate, which is the lowest mark in football. And you're like, well, what does that mean? You don't have to sack the quarterback. If you're a Giant fan or if you're a team that's beating the Patriots, what you've noticed about beating the All Patriots you have to is you've got to get pressure on Brady and knock him down, beat him up. Exactly. You, you don't have to have 30 sacks to say that was a successful game from your defensive line or linebacker crew. No. All you have to do is pressure. Hit him. Knock him to the ground. If you can make him uncomfortable for those 60 minutes, you will have a chance. And you've seen it with the New York Giants. You've seen it with the Baltimore Ravens. You've seen it from the Kansas City Chiefs this year as well. When you get to Brady and you get to quarterbacks like an Eli or Brady or Phillip Rivers, guys that are not mobile in the pocket, and you get to them, their nights are going to be a living hell, and they don't like that. So, yes, you don't have to always, oh, you don't always see, oh, well, they didn't have 10 sacks, so it wasn't a good game. No, but if they have 20 quarterback pressures or they, uh, Brady's been hit to the ground seven or eight times, that's still a win. In, in, as a defensive coordinator, that's still a win. So Tennessee, for them to win tomorrow, they have to be perfect. They have to be perfect on special teams. They have to score touchdowns, like you said. Now Ryan Tannehill has to also be the way he's been playing. I can't have Miami Ryan Tannehill coming in and being 50%. I can't have him making good throws and then having a pick late in the game. I need him to be great like he's been this year. And like you just said, Ted, their special teams for Tennessee plays a huge role for them as well. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The Patriots in all their dynasties – have had two kickers. It was Vinatieri, and then it was Steven Kaskowski. And they have all been uh, critical and crucial parts of the Patriots' dynasty. Because if you've seen the Super Bowls, it always seems to come within three points. Look at the Titans this year. They're on their fourth kicker this year. His name is Greg Joseph. He has not kicked yet a single field goal in the regular season yet. So I can't think of a team yet that's going to go into a playoff with an unproven kicker. And listen, it's going to be rainy. It's going to be cold in New England. It'll probably be windy. That that foghorn is going to be blasting away, and it's going to be New England. And weird things happen. Now, listen. Hey, if the t Patriots lose, more power to the Titans. The Titans lose? No, I said oh, if, the the, if, okay. if the Patriots lose, more power to the Titans for winning. Listen. Yeah. But the Patriots are still 12-4. and four. As yeah. bad as everything wants to say, as is, is, is they yeah, have. 12, you're they gonna say they have no tight end, Ted. They were they a haven't damn 12 the win team. They ha they only have Edelman. Brady's weak. Their offensive line can't block. They can't do this. They can't do that. When the Patriots win by 10, 
What's your excuse going to be? And then you're going to be like, well, they're going to lose next week. Okay, we'll worry about next week then. We don't care about Kansas City and Baltimore. That's why they're the two forhittable favorites in the AFC. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about the Titans. There's a lot of pressure on the Patriots to win. There is. There's more pressure on the Patriots to win than there is the Titans because the expectation, especially from coming from you and me and a lot of people, is either the dynasty's dead or they're just not that good. And, and what we've seen in the movies this year and the end of 2019 was the end of a lot of years. The Marvel movies, Game of Thrones ended, Star Wars is ending. All these things are ending this year. Is it going to be the end of the Patriots dynasty and the end of Tom Brady? Because after this, if they lose, his contract is up. And this could be the last game ever for Tom Brady playing at Gillette Stadium in a, in a New England Patriots uniform. Is this all? I mean, like I said about the weather, the weather plays in favor also to Tennessee because they love to run the football. They might have one of the best backs in the game, a top five back. I mean, other than maybe Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, you might be putting Derrick Henry in that conversation. I mean, he's been unbelievable the past month. I mean, he's got 708 yards rushing in the last five games. He missed week 16. He's averaging 142 in the last five. And then the touchdowns, he has eight in the last five. I mean, this is what Derrick Henry is. This is what he's done for his short career in the NFL. He gets, he becomes great in these moments. He becomes great down in December, or November, December, and even January when they make the playoffs. I expect can can he do it though? Can he run his way to a victory in, in Gillette? And I think that's what it comes down to because deep down you don't have a lot of faith in Ryan Tannehill. You don't have a lot of faith in guys like Kirk Cousins or stuff like that. I know they're in the playoffs, but for them to be successful, the Tennessee Titans run the football. They have to run the football with their monster, and he is a monster, size, weight, and just his build. And he's, he's, got he's, he's got a speed. monster. And he's the leading rusher in the NFL. He may be, like I said, the best player not named Mahomes and Jackson in the AFC right now. And it, it, that's what it comes down to. The Titans, for the Titans to win, they have to be they have to be perfect. Rabel can't make the mistake. The defense has to play great. Get off the field. They can't be having extra downs. On third downs. They have to run the football, but Tannehill has to play smart. And then you said the and then the special teams. They have to when they kick the field goals. Make it count. Don't miss, but also score touchdowns. Exactly. Like you said. So, what's I'm, on, your, I'm your, on the page. What's your, what's your prediction? I'm on the page. I'm on the page. I score. picked the Patriots to win the Super Bowl back then. I'm gonna. I'm sticking with it. Do Do I think they're going to realistically? It's going to be tough. It's going to be extremely tough. They don't win in the wild card round. When they're playing in the first round, they don't usually make but it. But the two teams, if they win, the two teams that they would have to beat would have to beat them for two. Second, two times. Yeah, the second time. And guess and what? Tough. Belichick and Brady get better playing you twice. That's true. So I know this team is different. I have this game, Patriots winning, but I have a close game. I have 20-17, to 17, Patriots win. The close game, the Titans cover the spread, I got but the Patriots win because at the end so of the day— So you said it was five? Five. I right got now 20, it's Titans plus five. I got 27-20. I got 27-20, Page. I have 20-17. to 17. I, got I think it's a low-scoring game. It's rain. It's yeah. a. It's a— who, but it, that favors, like I said, that favors the Titans. But we got to worry about the uh, Patriots kicker too, Horvath. He's been good since they've had him. Oh, I know. We'll see. This is a whole different. Let's just position. pump the like I've said on numerous times in the show. Hey, if, if we're wrong, you okay, can tell we're us we're wrong. Whatever. There's no perfect person in the world, and if you think you're perfect, you have issues because you're dead wrong about that. The Pats dynasty lives for another week. The Pats are going to win tomorrow. If they don't, so be it.
We were wrong. We move on. We move on like everybody else does. But let's also, like I said, move on. And let's move on to a guy that was part of that Patriots dynasty. And that's Bill O'Brien and the Texans. There's a lot of pressure when it comes to playoff time. This is where you make, this is where your legacy becomes. This is where you create your legacy, your own. Like I said, Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, guys that have won Super Bowls that at the time when in the regular season, you wouldn't say. But then you got guys like Deshaun Watson, who, who's more talented than Eli, who's more talented than Flacco, but they won Super Bowls. They won because they were great in the playoffs. And this Texans team, is it going to be the same old story? We think about it. Last year, they were a 12-win team, 12 or 11-win team, I think. I think they were an 11-win team. Yes, they, they were. They were 11-win okay. last week. And the Colts were a 10-win team. And after the they went 0-3 and lost to the Giants, yeah. they went on a roll. They went 11-5. They won the division. Then they got embarrassed to the rival, the Colts. What is it this year? You think about it this year. Texans come in. Well, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the NFC. You would probably put One him, of the most you, talented. Put it, put it at that. Most you would talented. probably put him third maybe in the quarterback rankings in the AFC. Right now behind Mahomes and Jackson. Yes. Okay. You have one of the best receivers in the game, right? Top two. You have one of the best defenders coming back, but we'll see how healthy he is and how he's going to he's going to play a lot. So my thing is, Bill O'Brien. And we talked about him early in the year. He is one in three and in we the talked playoffs about him. as the head coach of the Texans. And one of my questions about the Houston Texans early on in the year was the inconsistency. One week they look great. One week they go to Kansas City, and they beat the Chiefs. Well, how and then the next week, they play a team like the Denver Broncos and get smacked. So how about this? Embarrassed. How about this? They lost to the Broncos, the yep. Panthers during the season, and then beat the Titans, Patriots, and Chiefs. That's my point. Is that this is such an inconsistent team. It was like that last year. It's like that this year. So it was Bill O'Brien coaching for his job. And I'll go one step further. If the Houston Texans lose... Who's the more overrated, most overrated team in De- Texas right now? Is it the Dallas Cowboys or the Houston Texans? I mean, time will tell. It's I still think it's the Cowboys because of the expectations of the Dallas Cowboys. To that, if you want a quick answer from me, that's, I still that's think it's understand- the Cowboys. No, that's, but that's understandable. This Texans team, see, this game has got a lot of int- intriguing storylines. You ranked this as the four, your fourth most intriguing game. Yeah. <laughs> but you just. But in, in <laughs> itself, in the game itself, no, it's I, very I know. I know. But. You know, like a lot of people don't care about the Bills Texans around here. I do. I think it's awesome. I, I, I mean, to see the Bills, a team that. No, I, listen. I know that. Listen, they the Bills have a great defense. They got a good, uh, got a very good young, talented quarterback, and I want to see how he performs in this type of game. He hasn't performed well in big games. Now they only have one win against a winning team this year. Mm-hmm. That had, that was the least amount of. You know, like we broke the Dallas Cowboys cojones about like, ah, they can't beat a team with a winning record. Well, the Bills only have one win against a winning rec- against a team. Yeah. So they, they play great sound defense. They run the football. I think Devin Singletary is going to be their key player for them to win. He has been a crucial uh, key contributor to their team the last six or seven games. Mm-hmm. Now, I, look, I wrote some stuff down. Did you? Of course I do. Because Did this you? is the way I back up my books. Look so, at you. So when I look at the Bills, what a guy. they allow 24 points or fewer in 15 of the six game. 15 out of the 16 game. 
So that's good, especially in a league that averages over 24 points a game on an average with all the teams. Mm-hmm. So biggest team. Teams yeah. are scoring, okay? They have one of the best te- defenses in the league. We know that. They have one of the best at de- uh, defending against big plays. Now, what do the Texans do really well? They're not a team that's going to drive 8, 9, 10 plays. They like to get the big plays. Mm-hmm. They're the f- they got the fourth most big plays of 30-plus yards in the last two years, since 2017. Now, why do I say that? It's because of Will Fuller's injury. If he is not able to go for the Texans, that is going to be – a major loss. Because I just want to – the reason why I say that, because people are going to be like, what are you talking about? When the Texans have Will Fuller on the field, and I'm looking at it because that's why I want to make sure I say it correctly, Watson is arguably the best quarterback in football. His passer rating jumps from 89.8 to 104.3, and his QBR leaps from 64.4 to 77.3 with Fuller on the field. Now, what does that mean? It just opens things up. They are a better team. We, he is their – if you remember, he had a game late in the season. I think he had, or earlier in the season, he had like five catches, like mm-hmm. 240 yards and three touchdowns. This All is, he does is catch 50-yard bombs. Is, and we get it that DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best offensive players in the game. But one he's going to be receivers. going against probably but, the best cornerback in football and Tredavious White. But the key for them is having a guy like Will Furler, because you just said he opens up. He's the deep threat. DeAndre does everything. But Will Fuller is your ultimate home run guy. And this team each and every year is very talented. They have players on the defensive side of the ball and on offense. I think this comes down to Bill O'Brien again getting out coached. Because last year he got out coached by Frank Wright. And his only playoff win was against a Raider team led by Connor Cook. It wasn't Derek Carr, it was Connor Cook for the Raiders. So if Bill O'Brien and the Texans lose again tomorrow, there's no excuse. Have another, there's another job opening come Monday, and that's the Texans. It should be. Because Bill O'Brien is not your guy anymore. You have one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. No matter what people want to say about Deshaun Watson, if he's too inconsistent, that's fine. The kid's going to be a star. Can I back, up, kid, your, can I back the, up your point first with the Bill O'Brien thing? Just to add to it, and then you can get back to your saying. You know why this is more on Bill O'Brien, too? I said the record. He's 1-3 in the postseason. But he is also, for this season, they don't have a GM. He has been their GM since day one. So he is the one that's responsible for the trade for Larry Tunsil, the trade for Duke Johnson, Kenny Stills, Carlos Hyde. All these guys were key components that they did to put around Deshaun yeah. Watson. They brought in Larry Tunsil because they knew their offensive line was awful, and if Deshaun Watson wanted to make another three years in this league, mm-hmm. they needed to protect him or else he was going to be the next Andrew Luck and retiring before 30. Mm-hmm. Okay, They brought in Duke Johnson, a third down back, to mix, mix in with Carlos Hyde. And they, they brought, brought in, in Kenny Carl- Stills yeah. to play side receiver, to have a Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. Now they've had, They also they have, brought in Carlos Hyde. Now they've had major injuries on the defense side of the ball. Yeah. So, But they're going to get J.J. Watt back this year. Will he be good enough to help that and defense? I don't know. And that's the thing that makes it even more difficult is that they don't have a GM right now. So if Bill O'Brien loses, this team has to go all – for a team that's been into the playoffs the past couple of years, they got to go all the way back to the drawing board. They got to go find a GM. And then they got to go find a head coach. And then you got teams like the Giants, Cowboys, Browns, Panthers, you know, the, the list, that are looking for these head coaches. So if they were to lose – they have to pull the plug. Totally agree with I'm, that, Steve. I'm Bill O'Brien. Steve, I totally agree with your comment. I just read it. Bill O'Brien, if he does lose, he is the Jason Garrett of the AFC. That's yeah, a, that's, he, a, that's a perfect statement, ha- Steve. He has to, he has to be let go of. It's it's that simple. If they lose this game, they are the more talented team. 
Are they the better team now? I mean, we're going to find out tomorrow, but you look at this Buffalo Bill team, and I think there's a lot of pressure on Jass Island too because it comes back to the point of this is where you create your own legacy. This is where Eli Manning made his money. This is where Eli Manning's legacy goes back to. You have to be great in the postseason. You could be great in the regular season. Just ask D Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. I mean, statistically, all-time greats. But the reason why they'll never be the GOAT, if you want to call them that, is because they never won a Super Bowl. That's so funny. They you never said won. Jim Kelly. That's the last time the Bills won a playoff. Ninety-five game. It was nineteen ninety-five. They're on a twenty-three-year drought, and that's the thing. And he was the quarterback. So listen, for Josh Allen, this is big for the Bills. Now it's big for Bill O'Brien, and it's big for Josh Allen because he's young. But this is a great a opportunity. This, this is, is a is great an opportunity. But it's also a great growing opportunity because now you have your opportunity to go in. Look, they drafted you a year ago. You were one of the worst teams last year. You go into and then you win the play and you're in the playoffs. Think about that, where they are from a year ago to now. It's time to now go in with those high expectations. And there should be blame if the Bills lose this game because the Bills can win this game. They're good enough to win this game. Absolutely. This is a toss-up game. This is not no certainty. If you're a gambling man, the Bills are an underdog by two and a half points. Now, I'm going to give you my prediction before you finish up. My prediction is the Texans win just because they have the best quarterback. And in a league where quarterbacks dominate, I'm going to take the better quarterback. Now, do, can I see the Bills winning? Absolutely. I have the Texans winning 20, uh, 20 to 17. Same score as the first game. You picked both 2017. You picked the Patriots too, that score, I think. Okay. I see similar scores because here's the thing. The Bills, the, B the, Bills, Bills the Bills have a great defense, and I don't see them giving up a lot of big plays and big plays. Texans don't have a great defense, and the, te the Texans don't. But I don't see the Bill. The, where do you see in the Bills' offense? Like I don't see the explosion. They have John Brown, yes. They have Cole Beasley. Josh Allen is inaccurate at, at a lot of times. He does not do well against winning teams. This is a tough one for me. Ma okay, maybe because more, I, maybe 24-20, but I still think the Texans pull I, out this game. I want to pick the Texans. That's the thing. I want to pick the Texans. But, but I want to see. I want to pick the Bills, but I just don't see it yet. I think they're another year away from being that team. I think next year could be their year with a couple key more components on offense because they have the secondary. They have the pass rush. They have the team. They have the coach. If you ask me who's a better coach, I'll take Sean McDermott. Seven out of seven and that, days. And that's saying a lot. He's only been in the coach for like three or four years. Real, Bill O'Brien's been around thing. for about six or seven. They match up well seven. against the Texans. They have the corner to match up against DeAndre Hopkins. That's why Will Fuller's absence or game time decision is has massive implications for this game. You know what I didn't realize? This is a huge key stat, and I wrote this down. The Texans getting off the field on third downs. Houston allows teams to convert 48.5% on third downs. That's huge. That's almost every... That's almost 50%. That means the Bills can withstand drives. And if they can keep short yardage on third down, I think they'll have a great chance of winning. I'm going to go. See, this reminds me. I want to take the Bills. This reminds me This reminds me of the Thanksgiving game where the Bills went into Dallas and all it, all signs pointed to Dallas winning the game. And you know, what the, you know the, the results. You know what happened. The Buffalo Bills went into Jerry World and took care of business on Thanksgiving. So that's why I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills because I could see it happening. I like where you're doing business. I, I could see it happening this week. I could see it again. It's the same type of story. Kind of like with the Dallas Cowboys. Now it's going to be with the Houston Texans. 
I picked the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to win 24-21. And the Houston Texans have to go back to the drawing board. It's just that simple. I think I know that Deshaun Watson's the better quarterback. I don't think they got the better team. That's where it comes down to. And I think they have the and better coach. And they've been hurt by and injuries the, again. And the Bills have the better coach. And I think the Will Fuller absence could play a major key role in this game, both offensively and defensively. So we'll see. But I got the Buffalo Bills. I'm sticking with the Buffalo Bills. I'm not going to change my pick. I like it. I like it. Because I just can't. It's kind of like, how can you pick against the Patriots and how can you pick the Texans? The Patriots always, this is what the Patriots do. And this is what the Houston Texans do. I know. They lose the 430 slot game. <laughs> like I said, that's one of almost the other certainties in life. If the pay, if the Houston Texans make the playoffs, they're unless they get a top, the unless they are a top two seed, they are guaranteed the first game of the NFL playoffs every year. Let's get over to the NFC side now. And we got an interesting one on NBC on Sunday afternoon. The Philadelphia Eagles. Let's think about this. A month ago. This team was 5-7. and seven. Just got embarrassed to the Miami Dolphins. A terrible loss. But Carson Wentz, and we talked about it last week, why he was, why the stats and why the past month's play just proved that he was the better quarterback, and he is the better quarterback than Dak Prescott. So my question, and the, because this, has been one, this was one of the main questions coming into this season for the Philadelphia Eagles. Because of the high expectations, they came in, people thinking they were going to be a Super Bowl favorite. Okay? Right now, it doesn't seem like that. Yeah, because half, half, half the, the half team, the team is, on, is on the injury reserve. Yeah. They just put another one on this week's, Brandon Brooks. They're my, guard. My point is, is, Pro Bowl guard. is to see what Carson Wentz has done. And he's in the playoffs. But let's not forget, this is also his first playoff game. So if they do lose... Will Carson Wentz still get the respect for his play in the past month? Or will people not let it slide because he's still... Because Philly, we know Philly fans. Philly fans are brutal. They're tough. How do they lose? How do they How, lose? Uh, that's the difference. That's my question to you. How do they lose? Because if they because lose we, in a close game, okay, I'm not knocking them. This, first of all, this team... Because the legend of Nick Foles... Hold on, hold on. Until Carson Wentz can win a playoff game can win a get to an NFC championship game and can win a Super Bowl, the legend and the shadow of Nick Foles will always be a part associated with... That shadow's with, gotten a little smaller this year. No, I'm saying... Yes. All in Philly land. I don't care about anywhere You're, else. I think Philly, Philly fans have moved on from the Ted, Nick Foles the past thing. two years. I know. The past two years, Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. But did Nick Foles have these injuries to deal with? Last year, they weren't that good of a team. They had Alshon Jeffrey. They had Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is not playing in the game. I know game. he's not going to play. They, That's they're possibly missing both of their tackles. I'm I don't Look, I'm not siding with against Carson Wentz. Do you My know, point do you is, know this is that team is the first team in NFL history to have no receivers with more than 500 yards receiving going into a playoff game. They don't have a receiver with five. And he threw for over 4,000 yards. And that's why I'm trying to say is that they have Miles Sanders is out, Zach Ertz no, is Miles out. No, Miles Sanders is still well. He's questionable. To play. Wayne Johnson's questionable. They've been hurt so much. Their leading receivers are Greg Ward Jr., J.J. Arcea, Whiteside, Deontay Burnett, and Robert Davis. Most people don't know who they are. Now I know at least the top two. Greg Ward was the quarterback for Houston, yes. and J.J. Arcea, Arcea Whiteside, Whiteside was, was from Stanford. Was, from was Stanford. an All-American at Stanford. He was a great receiver in Stanford, but. To say that, that's what I'm saying. All the points, saying all the injuries, what he's done the past month to lead him to where they were, 
to where they are now, but the Nick Foles thing. And I'm not saying about the whole around, around the league. We know Carson Wentz is a better quarterback. We get that. That's that's out of the question. But to Philly fans specifically, because of Nick Foles, the legacy of Nick Foles that he left, he won a Super Bowl. And I've been talking about it throughout this show. The legacy that he wrote. Nick Foles will forever, no matter what Nick well, Foles... Could, I'm just reading one of our guys. Hold on. Alexander what, wrote, there's a statue in the stadium of Nick Foles. My point exactly. No matter That's what Nick Foles... No you. matter what... I knew that. There's a statue outside the stadium of Nick Foles. I, I did, knew that. I did not know that. No matter what happens to Nick Foles' career, the history books will always say that he was the Super Bowl MVP and the Philadelphia Eagles... Or Super Bowl champ. I just want to know from Eagles it, fans, would do you, would you not Carson Wentz coming from it? And I'm not an Eagles fan. I know the guy who listening outside the studio is is, and I know the guy Alexander who's commenting on our show. If he loses with the team that's going in the playoffs, are you going to knock him as a fan? It's just a tough. I, I personally I wouldn't, but I but I don't know how Philly fans are because they're different. They're, they're a different. Diff- they're, they are they are brutal and. We understand then again, that. I'm also the same guy that's booed Eli at times. But well, you're, I an, feel, you're an idiot. But he's rightfully deserved to be booed at multiple times. Does he? Yes. Okay. Every t- listen at any point or another. Because you want a, a guy like Brady. No. You want perfecto. Listen, Patriot fans were booing the Patriots a couple weeks ago. Well, that's just that's just the dumbest thing I've ever Against seen. Against the Chiefs, they in were the history them. in the history of sports, listen, that may be one of the dumbest things I've ever fans. seen. That's why we're fans. No, there's a difference between a fan and a fanatic. No, there's a there's a difference. Yes, there is. But uh, but I'm a fan and I can boo because I have the I have my no, that's you're my an, choice. You're an idiot fan. Not at all. Because you got to boo. Why you never said anything bad about the Giants? Never. Ever. No. That's a lie. Never. You're lying. Strike him down now. <laughs> Strike him. Strike him. And the funny thing is, we're talking about Carson Wentz. There's also another quarterback on the other side of the field who's one of the best in the game and at one point was the runaway favorite to win the MVP. And that's Russell Wilson. And I said both teams kind of have different paths coming into this game as well, if you think about Very it. Very much so. The, the, uh, the Seahawks, we talked about it last week, a lot of vulnerabilities, a lot of injuries, but they have, they're coming in with two straight losses, two division losses, and two home losses on top of it. So now they got to go to the East Coast. And I think he has a record of two and four in, in a playoff road games as well. Not right here, baby. Two and four playoff road games. And then you see the Eagles, like I said, the past month, they're four and oh. Since the Eagles lost, they're four and oh. Now they, a division but they, title, but they ha- they played the Giants twice, Washington and the Cowboys. Hey, you I, got, I, I, you listen, gotta play. I'm you just gotta pointing play that out schedule. because someone's and, gonna see this and, the and say, Seahawks, "Well, who they play?" And the Seahawks lost to the Cardinals by two touchdowns at home. I, so what are you trying to say? I'm, listen, that's what people. Are I gonna, know, but what are you trying to say? As I'm just saying in general, I know who the Eagles beat. They beat a terrible Giant team. They beat a terrible Washington team. They beat a ter- an overrated Dallas team. Okay, what is Seattle? The Seattle Seahawks lost to a bad Arizona Cardinal team by two touchdowns. And then they did lose to a 49er team, which has got the number one seed. We get that. But they haven't looked good in the past couple weeks. Russell Wilson. They lost all three of their running backs. Russell two Wilson, weeks. like I said, the past month hasn't looked good. Hasn't thrown for a 300-yard game in the past month. Carson Wentz has. And that's why this game is is so tricky. You talk about all these games, and that's the thing that makes it so intriguing. If you want to put the Saints in, and Vikings, I think that's the only game that you would point all your fingers to and say the Saints are the odds-on favor. Where the other three, I think compared to the other three games, the Saints. Uh, yes. Listen, we just speak volume and, and gambling sense. The the 
uh, Vikings are a nine-point underdog. Okay, and that's this game. Five, yes. Now, here's the thing: the Seattle is minus three. Now, what's that mean? That means they are a three-point favorite, meaning that the gamblers in Vegas think that Seattle is going to win by at least three points in Philly. Now, I told you, and I was trying to explain this before on gambling. If you reverse the role, and if Seattle was the home team, that means they would be a six-point favorite because you get three points for being home. Mm-hmm. Is Seattle really six points better than the Eagles? I no, don't, I don't. I don't so. Not at where these both teams are. The Seattle Seahawks have lost all three of their running backs. They lost all three of their running backs within like two or three weeks. They have Marshawn Lynch mm-hmm. and Robert Turbin. Marshawn Lynch looked pretty good last week mm-hmm. for this for this the time that he played. But this defense has not been the same. Now Clowney's supposed to be coming back from injury, so we'll see what type of pressure because that's what I really think. You got to get pressure on Carson Wentz. You're going to have to make him make big-time throws in situations. Now, Seattle is 9-2 in games decided by a touchdown or less in this season. So they're really good in close games, and a lot of that has to do with Russell Wilson. Well, they also did play a couple weeks ago in Philly. It was a 17-9 victory in favor of Seattle. Yes, I know. They played each other. So Now, Wilson's yet to lose a home game playoff game, but like you said, I'm going to reiterate, he's 2-4 and four on the road. It's just – what do you make of this game? Because what do you make of all? Uh, well, because here's the thing: seventy-five percent of these games. Here's the thing: the Eagles have so many injuries. I mean, it's incredible the players. It's not even like they're hurt for a week or two. And that's why I'm trying to say my question is: Can does, they win? Does still Carson Wentz, if if a loss, does he still get the respect because of all that he's had to deal with the past month, of all the major issues, and he just gave me the thumbs up. Our fail. Our our um yeah, our Philly boy. fan Brian Forster just gave him so that's fine. I'd love to know how the other million other fans, Philly fans, would be at be able to react because, and you just said it. There are so many injuries on this team to see where Carson Wentz has done the past month and to get his team to a division title and playing an extra week while a team like the Dallas Cowboys are looking for another coach, are looking for another coaching staff, are looking to find maybe. Some answers because they just can't get over the hump. And then you see a team like Philly. I mean, how can you, if they lose this game, how can you say anything bad towards Carson Wentz with the way that he played this year, especially at the way he played at the end of the year? You really can't. Now, I'm not an Eagles fan, but I don't know how other Eagles fans will react and how they feel about it. But like I said, I just, read one, shadow, I just read one of the comments. The, they said they they will not knock Carson. Okay, because I ho- when you I look at not. this team, because the, but the half le- these guys were on the scout team at the beginning of the season in week one, and now but they Carson are the Wentz, starter and key contributors. But Carson on this Wentz season. does face the pressure because of the factor that the legacy of Nick Foles will always be associated with him. I see the I see the Eagles finding a way to pull this out. Yeah, I do. It's it's Seattle should win this game. They should. They have the better quarterback. I'm sorry, but Russell Wilson's the better quarterback. Yeah. They have more healthier options. Yep. I just – the Eagles have something going right now, at least the last four games. They're home, and you. I just feel like, hey, listen, we they lost home once to Seattle. We'll get them this time. And Carson Wentz is playing at the level that we all assumed he would be playing from week one this season yep. at an MVP caliber level and leading this team to victories. And here's the thing. If they win – Deshaun Jackson is eligible to come back next week from IR. Who knows? Zach Ertz, with another week of rest, could be back next week. Well, they be could pl- be getting other players Depending back Depending on week. how the game goes between the Saints and Vikings, they would be going to, if that if the Saints win, they would be going to San Fran, which you would want to have all your health. You, you have want your as full, many op- yeah, healthy options as possible. Especially going against that defense. 
But I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. I, I feel like the, the luck has run out on the Eagles, and I think that the injuries are going to play the factor. I know they haven't had any issues with that. They've played. They've won the games. They've overcome the injuries. But I think Seattle, with Russell Wilson, I trust Russell Wilson more with Carson Wentz in this situation. Ma it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be a good one. I think all these games have all the makings of classics, but you know how it is. We all think it's going to be classics until the first – quarter and the game drastically ends if you if i may finish so this. i got the seattle seahawks winning i got the final score i got another low scoring game i got like i got 20 to 17 i'm gonna go 20 to 17 this week i got 27 24 eagles but i just want to give a little gambling rhetoric for anyone who's interested in gambling in these games so under the current playoff format since 1990 a nine and seven team or worst team that has hosted a 11 and five or better record team in the eight times, the home team is 6-2 and two in those games and 6-1-1 one and one against the spread. So what does that mean? That means the Eagles are, should win. That right? means the Eagles are going to win and then play, despite an, being the underdog play an extra week now, and they get smacked next week. And here's the thing. Despite being the underdog in six of those games, Philadelphia is also 5-0 and oh outright as a playoff home underdog in the Super Bowl era, winning all those games but won by at least 13 points. Interesting. So what's that mean? They mean they won – Fly, five, Eagles, fly. They've won all those games by double digits. So, hey, listen, if maybe if you're gambling, maybe you put your money on the Eagles this week. Time will tell. Don't know. Don't I, know. I just wanted to get that out there for people who do. So like those gambling. games are all the 50% games. Those are the games that toss-up games that don't know who's going to win. This game seems to point in favor of the New Orleans Saints. And my biggest thing is we know what has happened to the Saints the past couple years. Talk about the heartbreak. But, Ted, we were talking. I think this is a bigger deal. We were talking during the pre-show about Cousins. And one of my questions were, who was more in trouble? Was it the Texans or the Vikings? And you thought, oh, that's, uh, the Vikings will be fine. No. But the reason why I really thought of that question, because two years ago, the Minnesota Vikings were a top two seed. They looked like they were the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Then they got destroyed by the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Okay. They get rid of Case Keenum. And then they go sign a guy named Kirk Cousins. They give him the $84 million guaranteed contract. So, since then, they were 9-7, and seven, missed the playoffs. Now 10-6. and six. So, my point is, is that this team has actually taken a step back since Kirk Cousins has been the quarterback. And the reason why I say, if they lose this game this week, what do you do? What do you do as a team? Is it the $84 million mistake? I mean, what do you do with Kirk Cousins? Because that's the main question. The reason you brought Kirk Cousins in, and I can't say it enough, the reason you brought Kirk Cousins in is because you thought he was the missing piece to winning a Super Bowl title. And what has happened since? He's been like the Washington Redskins. He was a 9-7 and team, a 10-6 and team. Win the division, win the playoff game. It hasn't happened. They haven't even gotten to the NFC. They've taken a major step back. And that's why I know they're going into hostile territory. I know again they're going against maybe the most dangerous team in the NFC. They're, they're, they're a 13-3 record team, and they're a wild card team. Drew Brees is probably playing the best football in his entire career And right that's now. saying a lot right now. They're, right now in the past four weeks, the Saints are scoring touchdowns in the red zone at an 85% rate. That's incredible. They're not kicking field goals. They are crushing teams. They're scoring touchdowns. Alvin Kamara has started to look back to the form that we all suspected when we drafted him in fantasy top four, three, four. four it depends on how you saw it. Yes. Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football. 
Okay, now do the Vikings have the defense to match up with the Saints? Absolutely. But they have not been the same defense. They have not. That's why I say that why I've said the Minnesota Vikings are in trouble if they lose this game. Because you I mean You want to know you, the difference where this Vikings defense is? Two years ago, they were the stingiest defense on third down. Mm-hmm. Since then, they went from 25% rate of giving up on third downs to last year at 30%. Now they're almost up at 40%, which ranks 19. Now, you say, well, Ted, what's that mean? That's not important, blah, blah, blah. It is important because that means Drew Brees is maintaining, moving the sticks, as they say, moving the drives. Moving the chains. Moving That's the chains, scoring points. Keeping your offense off the field because if you're the Vikings, what do you want to do? You want to run the football as much as possible. You want to control the clock. You want to play. This is like if you remember a Giants game. You want this, the old Giants, 1990-1991 Super Bowl, when you were playing the Buffalo Bills. You want to have 30 to 35-plus minutes of time possession. You want to control the clock so Drew Brees and that offense is not on the field as much. Your defense is playing at full capacity every time they come on the field. You have the pass rushers. You have the secondary to match up with those guys. Mm-hmm. You have the linebackers. Kyle Kendricks, we'll see if he's playing this week. If he's not, that could be a big loss for them. I but, think the but, I think the but that's the type of game plan. If I'm the Vikings, we want to control the clock. We want to hit play-action passes. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, statistically-wise, and you do this at me in the face, statistically-wise, he's played at a MVP caliber statistic-wise. Yeah, yeah. We, since uh, week five, Kirk Cousins ranked second in the league in yards per attempt, yeah, second completion per attempt. I know. Who cares, right, Ted? Hell with the stats. Guess what his record is against winning teams with t- at least 12 wins? It's 0-15 outright and 1-13-1 against, against the spread. So he can't beat teams with winning records. That's what I'm trying to say is that he beats bad teams, can't beat the good teams, and that's why we got into the I conversation. Mean, the, is Kirk Cousins Dak Prescott? Are the Minnesota Vikings in a worse predicament than they were two years ago? And – the facts may speak for itself that, yes, maybe. With the only thing saying that Delvin, Co- Delvin Cook's emergence into an elite back, that's the only other good thing that you can really take away. The defense has taken a step back. Xavier Rhodes, who was an all-pro two years ago, has taken a step back. He's got they, benched. They've dealt with injuries. Yeah, Adam Thielen has taken a step back with the injuries. And even Diggs, there was, t- there was issues with... Early on in the season. Calling out the quarterback. Calling out the quarterback. He's, I know he's been great st- stats-wise. Congratulations. But this team may be in a worse situation than they were two years ago, led by Kirk Cousins or led by um, Case Keenum. And think about that. I'm, I'm, if they lose on Sunday, and I know this is a better team than them. I get that. But if they lose and Kirk Cousins play, plays like garbage again, like the last time we saw him in a big, meaningful game on Monday night. Now, I know you said that because you were watching and I was at work. You said his offensive line didn't help. He got, well, be- that he got is, killed, That bro. is also they a bad sign. And that is also a bad right. sign for the Vikings because the Saints defense is one of their – I know Drew Brees. They got Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. But that defense is very good. They get to the quarterback. Well, they, they lost Sheldon Rankins and Marcus yes, Davenport. For the year. But they still have an MVP caliber defense end and Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan From- also – Cal. Yes. <laughs> you didn't even know. I was going to say Ohio you State. Tried to get I, me, you tried to get me on that? I tried to get you. No, Marshawn Lattimore came from the Ohio State. Their whole d- secondary is from Von Bell. Von Bell, Eli Apple. Yeah, they and go. you know who else might be a key component this week? Snorris Jenkins. Oh, yeah. I mean, you haven't even talked about him. He Devin, will be another guy in the slot. That I haven't can, even talked about it. That can match up. I, that's another thing. But I think with Dalvin Cook coming back, and I think that's where they were at their best. 
the Minnesota Vikings. Is when Dalvin Cook was running the football and they had Dal- and Kirk Cousins with the play action. And I think that's what they're gonna have to do. If they're throwing, if Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball thirty to forty times, you can almost certainly guarantee thirty is a, a good number. You max. Can, you can book a ticket for the New Orleans Saints to go to the divisional round. It's just that simple. But like I said, it all comes down to. Kirk Cousins playing great. I can't see a Monday night game like like a couple weeks ago. That can't. It's just not. It, I'm sorry because then if that happens, Minnesota has major questions and, facing them in the offseason. And if I can just build off of that for one second, I also think it takes major implications to uh, Mike Zimmer as the head coach because we've seen this story now for a couple years now with the Mike Zimmer and the coaching team. He's had some dis- some um, disputes with some of his players, mm-hmm. and I just think it's time for him to move on. I think the Vikings need to make a coaching change if he loses because— And that's why I said the question, who's in more trouble going forward, the Vikings or the Texans? Because realistically, these are two teams that could lose this weekend. And then they got—and then think about it. If they both get rid of their coaches, you're in the same predicament like, like the Giants. I, I, the, know. I know all those teams are bad. I get that. But when you lose your head coach, you're in the same boat. It's like when you lose a playoff game. Yeah, I know. The Giants didn't make the playoffs, so these teams didn't make the playoffs. But what's the difference between making it one week longer? Nothing. You're still – guess what? Hey, guess what? We're going to call you. We're going to meet you at the uh, – On the, the golf course. On the golf course. So you want to go to uh, Aruba or whatever. We'll go hang out. It's the same thing. It doesn't make any difference. They're out of the playoffs. And then they got to go back, and if they find new head coaches, if they get rid of both of them, guess what? They're in the same predicament as all those other teams. They have, they may have more talent, but they still have to go find another head coach. I, I like the Saints 31-20 over I, the Vikings. I, I have 31. I got actually I got 34-17. I think the way Drew Brees is playing, and I've been saying it all year, the best thing that could have happened to him is this thumb injury. Because he's playing at an all-time high. He's, right he's now. rested and he's healthier down the And stretch. this team is clicking, and I think this Saints team. This this has to be the third time's the charm, right? Two straight years they've they've lost in the worst possible way. Third time's the charm. There's the, the, this has got to be the year for the Saints, right? You would you, would, so. you, would, you think. would think so. I'm going with the Saints. I think they win comfortably, and I think we that the Minnesota Vikings and teams like the Houston Texans have to go back to the drawing board and figure it out. Exactly. Speaking of teams that need to figure it out, that's the New York Giants. Now, we really didn't get to talk a lot about it this week, but we've been watching, we've been looking, we've been hearing, Twitter. We've been seeing. We've been seeing a lot. Shows. The New York Giants right now, you think about it. I don't care what anybody says. This is a make-or-break offseason for the New York Giants. And you're going to say, oh, why? What does that mean? Well, let's face it. The New York Giants hire another head coach, and they're in the situation two, straight, two years from now, like they are now. That's another five to ten years of rebuild for this That's Giants. That's a disaster. This is a disaster. This is this. You have to listen. When the you're, New York, you're, hold on. The New York Giants have to hit a the, grand slam on this. On the head coach, they need to find the right guy. Whether that's Eric Bieniemy, I'm just saying the names that they have already had. Rule. I've already talked about the guys that they've been talked to and interviewed. So Chris Richard was last yesterday. Mike McCarthy's today. Don Martindale from the Ravens, defense coordinator. Joe Judge, the special teams coach from the Pats. Mike McCarthy, like I said. Matt Rule is a question mark still. Josh McDaniels and Eric Bieniemy. All those guys seem a lot better than they were back in 2018. All the and co- hopefully not Jason Garrett. 
And hope to God that it's not Jason Garrett because the Giants, <laughs> you want to talk about a disaster for the New York Giants if they decided to make that. Just make that. You want to set yourselves back? Go ahead. Be my guest. But the New York Giants have to hit a home run on this. And the thing that makes it even more frustrating, and we were listening to, to today, is the disconnect. No, yesterday. On yeah, Michael and K. I just said that. You said today. Well, my yesterday fault. on the yesterday. Michael K. show when Gettleman the was interviewed by Michael K. It's about the disconnect. So if you didn't hear the Michael K. interview yesterday with Dave Gettleman. Go check it he out. Start, he started a couple, like a minute or two into the interview saying the higher-ups fired Pat Shermer. I did not. Dave Gettleman did not want to let him go. What is that? Just just think about that. As a Giant fan, take that into consideration. To what the hell does that actually mean? Because what does that mean? That means that there's a disconnect. When the higher-ups are firing somebody and the GM wants to keep that guy. This is where the Giants franchise is right now the gm is hired to make football decisions that's why you hire the gm yes if it was made if you wanted football decisions to be made by the owner then don't hire the gm but listen when the giants were great when the giants had their years of great it was george young in the early years okay he came in he was the gm Wellington Mira let him make the decisions for the New York football giants. Ernie Acorsi. And then Ernie Acorsi came in. He was the one he was that the traded one for Eli. Because he wanted to. And he the wanted Mira's Eli. did not get involved. Now Steve Tisch has realized how bad this organization has been run. He has 50% of the ownership of the New York Giants. Yep. He has heard the Giants fans for the past two to three seasons scream, yell, complain, hold signs up, beg for well, a no, right no, decision. Take Listen. A, take a, no, forget about the fans for a sec. Just just look at the win-loss records. Look, you it's haven't— the worst you've been five the, years in Giant history. You've been the one playoff game since your 2011 Super Bowl title. You don't have to hear the fans. You don't have to hear the press. Just look at the win Just look at the play on I the field you. and look at the record. Each and every year, you're not playing. You have games by late October that you're already out of the playoff contention. Forget about everything that the fans say. Whatever. That's what fans do. We're going to complain. We're going to be upset. We're going to be PO'd. But just look at the play on the field. Look at the record. When your season's over, by late October... You have to figure something out. And right there with the with this past week, and that's why I kind of commend the Cleveland Browns. Because the Cleveland Browns said, I've had it. They need to get rid of John Dorsey. They need to get rid of Freddie Kitchens. They're starting off from scratch. The New York Giants, yeah, this is what they're, the, they're handling it wrong. I, I know, but this is what the Giants do all the time when it comes down to firings. They always fire the head coach. But they always keep the GM for another year thinking that it's going to be different. This just happened a couple years ago when they got rid of Coughlin but kept Reese. What happened the next year? Oh, well, they got McAdoo. They went to the playoffs. Congratulations. Then see what two years did. That's all they had. That's yeah. why this decision is major because we're not an organization that every two years we start changing our underwear. No. Okay? We're, we we're the ones that wear the same pants seven days a week. We're do the, we? We're, uh, we do. We wear the same pants. That's not good. You can't wear the same pants. I can, wear, I can wear my jeans at least three or four days in a row sometimes. Don't say that on live. People are going to be like, oh, I'll stay away from this guy. <laughs> he's the smelly, Listen, he's the smelly the kitty class. class. <laughs> Listen, the, but sometimes your jeans fit better your second and third day you're than they cr- do your original. Not. First day, they're a little tight. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Listen, you're right. we're an organization that has a coach for a long time. If you're a t- Listen, m- good teams 
have their, their coaches for a long time. Unless you're the Dallas Cowboys. Look at the Pittsburgh. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've had a th- they have had three coaches in the past fifty years. You don't want to be sixty years. You don't want to be the Browns changing coaches no. every two years. You nope. don't want to be the Dolphins. You, you don't want to be the Redskins. You, you don't, don't want to be teams like this. And this is why the you Giants. You want to be the Steelers. You want to be New England. You want to be the Colts. No matter you, what you want. You want to be those type of teams that have longevity and coaches that build winning winning cultures. And that's why I see a guy like and I'm. I mean, the the best guy on that, that list. That rules went on vacation, bro. He went to Aruba. Cabo, baby. He's Cabo, gone. Cabo. He went to Cabo. So he's Mike not McCarthy, really interested if, in that if, giant if job. If you really want to. No, I think he just wants to get away. But Mike McCarthy, I think. Go if, away if after you look, the giant you look at You look at that on that list, and he seems to be the only guy that you would think. You get him in. He's a guy that's going to be. He's been a head coach. He's going to come in and have his demands. Where these well, other, I like that. And the other thing is. Is Gettleman, I, I appreciate what he's trying to do because he, he's taking a step back. He needs to figure out that he's not going to do all the power. He's not going to have all the say. And I appreciate that. The thing that I didn't appreciate is that he's starting to come out and admit all of his wrongs now. But that's that, okay. But no. But you can't sit there Wait, and be like, knew, no, I was, My I, biggest thing is he wanted to say we're a team that's going to win now, but also we're rebuilding. He said he you messed up on that. You can't mess up that. You have to know. And this was a team. Yeah, but he listen. They, the, that goes with the Eli Manning thing. Yes. Okay. They should have gotten rid of Eli two or three years earlier, but they didn't want to they because their faith, faith in Eli Manning and their love for Eli Manning, and that's what dis, that, that's what stunted their growth. If they took four years ago and said, you know what, we're done with Eli, we're going to cut him, we're going to do a full rebuild, we're going to. We're going to start with the draft. We're going to get our quarterback like the Browns did. And I'm not saying the Browns did it the right way, but in a way they did. They got their defensive pass rusher, who is one of the best pass rushers when he's not smacking people in the head with the helmet. And they thought when they drafted Baker Mayfield, he was the future quarterback. Now, if you miss, it's a big miss because you stunt your growth. But they waited and thought Eli was good enough for the last two seasons. Were they three or four years too late? I think they were two years too late. I think that because here's what, and this is this is all what we're reading. We're not in the limelight, and we're not there in the experts. But we read an article that said Ben McAdoo wanted to draft Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, and the Giants overruled him. Jerry now Reece we don't Jerry know. Said no. Now we don't know what that would have meant, and and we don't know. We don't we never, know. Yeah. You can't say what if because we don't live in a world of what if. I can do what if for the rest of my life. That's not how we live. But who knows what that would have been. If the Giants were in that type of situation where they're like, you know what, we'll do what we did this year. We'll draft Mahomes. We'll hold on for Eli for a year like the like the Kansas City Chiefs did. Mm-hmm. And they let Alex Smith go. And then, listen, they went 11-5 just like the Chiefs did. They lost in the first round of the playoffs. And Alex Smith went out the road because they realized they, all Alex Smith was was 11-5 quarterback that wasn't going to get you over the hump. Okay? Maybe that's a Kirk Cousins. We'll get you the playoffs. We can't win you. We're gonna restart and we're gonna rebuild with this young franchise quarterback, like the Giants are doing. And now. I also and think, and that's what, and listen, and to think you could do both, you can't in the NFL. And here's my other thing, I wanted no, to no, say, no. and my other thing, why this is huge, it's very simple. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones already had one coach. He's about to have a second coach. But do it early. If you're gonna do it, if do it now. He, this is why the Giants need to hit on this head coaching job. Can't wait because another two if, years and because have if coach. they don't find the right guy. And he's gone in two years, and you get your third, and you get a third head coach, for him. It's kind of like the Sam Darnold thing. It's going to affect his growth, and, ha- he, and and that doesn't play well to a young quarterback. You can't keep saying, "Oh, we're going to get this guy." Okay, 
two years later, we're going to get another guy. It just is not good. The Giants need to hit a home run with this. You want to build and some unity. And if that's Mike McCarthy, and if he's the best candidate for the job, and we will see today because he is being interviewed today, and they're going to go through a bunch of it. I mean, I'm waiting. I mean, I'm still waiting for, and it, it is going to be a possibility. I know. But this it. is a guy that we is, said last year that the Jets, you and me were both said the Jets should go get Mike McCarthy. Yeah, and they so did. If, and they so passed up on Gates. So if he was good enough for them, then he should be good enough for the Giants. Well, the Jets are the Jets. And I don't care what anybody says. The Jets are, are the Jets for but, a reason. But you got you like, coaches calling out yeah, players. Yeah, but you got to like how they finished. You got they players. They gave up. They were 6-2 and two in their last eight games. Congratulations. And if you take away the mono games. Guess what? With they Sam did the, Darnold. Listen, if they beat the Be- – talk about this. I don't want you to think about this. If they beat the Bengals in Miami, which they should have, the both teams that they lost to had no wins, they're 9-7. and seven. And that Bills game becomes a very viable game for a playoff race. Maybe they're in the playoffs. Now, this is not – I'm not changing subjects because we're going to end it on the Giants. But I'm just saying, for the Jets organization, the way they finished to not give up on their coach, a lot of teams can go down in the drain and just and crap out and be 4-12 and 12, like other teams. You saw what the Carolina Panthers after Ron Rivera left. They – they were not a good team afterwards. They dropped tremendously. So for them to finish strong, six and two down the road, road for the New York Jets to finish seven and nine after what happened during didn't the season. Start, didn't they finish off strong last year too? But it's a positive note. Now for the Giants, that's what we guys see. We got we we finished. We had some positive down the stretch. Yeah. Daniel Jones should be up for the rookie of the year. Saquon Barkley had a thousand yards and missed four games. Three or four games. Then I know someone's going to correct me. Who cares? And the Giants' offense was putrid. He had tw- 24 touchdowns and 12 picks. This team offensively has pieces to be great. We need a leader, okay? Yeah. Shermer wasn't a leader, and he didn't know how to handle the press conference. And, and that's what and Gettleman Mac- didn't ha- know how to and do. And McAdoo is the same way. So, I- for all of our Giant fans, this is a make-or-break offseason. We have to find our guy because we can't come back two years from now saying the New York Giants are looking for another head coach. Because if that's the case, man, it's going to be dark days for another five to ten years. We can't become the Cleveland Browns. You can't become the Washington Redskins. There's a reason why those teams are bad. There's a reason why the teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots for the past 20 years and the Baltimore Ravens are where they are. And even the Kansas City Chiefs, all those teams, they're good because they find coaches, great coaches, but there's a but unity there, and consistency and between it, the ownership to ago. GM it's to about coach the culture. to players. It's about the culture. And the Giants' culture right now is not a good culture because, first of all, most importantly, you have a disconnect. When you have a disconnect at the top, that's the issue. So when you have disconnect, you can only go <laughs> – I don't know what to make of this Giants situation, but we got to hope that they find the right guy. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking our own break. When we come back, we're talking some college football. Is the Big 12 the most overrated conference in college football? Can Tua realistically come back? And has Jim Harbaugh's time as Michigan head coach run out? You'll listen to Keys to the City. We'll be right back, ladies and gents. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted.
again, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. If you didn't get to check out the first part of our show, you can check it out on Spotify and YouTube as well. Keep checking out Keys to the City. Let's get into some college football. This is a good bowl season. Good college football playoff. We didn't really get to talk about that as well because we've been busy. College football quickly. It was very exciting. Both games. I know you call me crazy with the first game. The reason why I say exciting, just because of the factor of if Joe Pearl was ever going to be stopped in that game. I, I mean, was, he, he could have had 100 points. He kept moving the ball, kept scoring, and they probably could have put up 80 He scored seven touchdowns in the first half. I mean, and almost five. He had 500 <laughs> yards of passing. I mean, Four, no, to, 493. Okay, close to 500. <laughs> Just It was so you exciting. Know I had a and then the night game, heartbreaking for me as an Ohio State fan. Many opportunities, but it was it lived up to the expectations. It was unbelievable. It was everything you wanted from a – a pre-national championship game. And we'll talk about the national championship game next week. And what quarterback would you rather have? Plain and simple. Would you rather have Joe Burrow or would you rather have Trevor Lawrence? We'll talk about that next week. But the college football com- playoff, thumbs up this year. It was great. It was it was mo- the most watched pl- college football playoff game this year. 21 million people yep. watched the Ohio State. Rose Bowl was second. And the Which it's football. always the Rose Bowl does always. But it was just like we said, this was going to be a different college football playoff, and it was because you had great quarterbacks. I know Jalen Hurts and that Oklahoma team looked so unmatched, overly matched by that LSU team. That's but to see Joe Burrow do what he did, to see Justin Fields play great but make mistakes, that Trevor Lawrence played unbelievable and so gutsy, and to take the hits that he did and to play the way he finished, it was just everything you wanted from a college football playoff. And we got that. I was very excited. I know it wasn't the result that I was hoping, but it was a great playoff. And that's how we're going to start with this is, is the Big 12. And we just talked about Oklahoma. And the reason why I say that is because the ACC, they don't have much of a discussion in this because all they have is Clemson. The ACC is what it is. The Big 10. The Big 10 is one of the best conferences and most, one of the most well-respected conferences in all college football. And then you got the SEC, of course. The Pac-12 did its thing, but the Big 12. And we think about it. Are they the most overrated conference in college football? So I'm just going to go through what they did this year. So they were 1-5. and five. Oklahoma, you know what happened. Baylor loses, to the Sugar, loses in the Sugar Bowl. Kansas State loses the Navy. Texas A&M beats Oklahoma State. If it wasn't for Texas destroying the Utah Utes in the Alamo Bowl, They'd be 0-6 right now. And then Iowa State getting embarrassed to Notre Dame. Pretty much, they looked all overly, over, overmatched. Oh. And every other than the Texas game, this is what the Big 12 is. They looked overmatched compared to the Big 10 They're great and against the each other, yes. but against other competition, they're not good enough. No. They're not now, and maybe that's the defenses. Now the offenses scored, but the offenses got shut down too a little bit. Now is this the same? This seems like it's the same story every year with them, though. And that's what I try to say. It seems like the Big Twelve, the Oklahoma, they get in. Yeah, congratulations, ooh wow, finally they're in. They're gonna win, and then they just get embarrassed. It's been like that the past couple, three straight years. Well, I said three it straight to, years. I said lost. it to you the other day. If Tua never gets hurt. Alabama beats Auburn. Alabama's the number four seed. And we're not talking about Utah that Friday night. Yep. We're not talking about Oklahoma having a chance. It's Baylor, Alabama's the four seed playing LSU and, o- and Ohio State and Clemson. And that's your top four because those were the four best teams in football. Oklahoma was never the fourth best team in football. Utah and Oregon, 
sorry, they were not the four best teams because, sorry, Oregon, you should have lost in the Rose Bowl to Wisconsin. Wisconsin might have been the, the next best team coming out of, the, out of after the SEC games because Wisconsin gave Ohio State every – gave them a run for their money in the Big Ten Championship. And, Ohio, and Wisconsin should have beat – Oregon. They had all the opportunities. If it wasn't for a block punt and a bad I mean, call by well, an official hey, late in the game, that's, that's that coaching, was though. part of the game. It's coaching. B- block punt. That should never happen. A bad call. Well, who cares about the call? Forget about the call for one second. You shouldn't let a block punt happen. I know. That's on you. It was a great game. Don't get me wrong. But you just but to go back to the Big 12. Just see every year. I think this hurts. I think this hurts going forward in the future. Yes. If it comes down to a one-loss Oklahoma team and say a one-loss Notre Dame or a one-loss maybe an Oregon team next year, will we finally be? Well, like, well, I'm you sick, know what? I'm I'm sick and tired you know, of- we know what they are. Yes. They are not better team. If we put them in the playoffs, they're going to get beat anyways. So let's put the Oregon team and or Notre Dame. If they get beat, they get beat. But at least we see something different. I mean, every year the Big Twelve, it, it's it's the same thing. They beat each other up. They score 100 points together, and it's high-scoring affairs. And then they get to the big games, and they just looked overmatched. And that's what it comes down to. So the SEC is dominant. We get that. The Big Ten is dominant. Then you would put the Big 12, but are they the most overrated conference? Yes. Because the ACC, all they have is Clemson. They don't have anybody else. Virginia's nice. Virginia Tech is nice. Nice teams. But they don't have a dominant team like like the SEC or the Big Ten, where they have Listen, a lot, they have four uh, or five good, I'm just great gonna, teams. I'm just going to make this statement. You told me something, and you're like, Ted, do you realize at the high school recruiting, you know, the recruiting for that six of the eight teams in the recruiting were all from the SEC? And that's part of the reason. The only two teams that were not in the top. I mean, Florida was a top eight in, in college football recruiting, and they were sixth in the SEC. Oh, and recruiting wise, you're telling me. Yeah, and recruiting wise, I, I mean, right there, just you just look at it. But it's just, I think we should. And, and, and I think that I plays think into we a factor, re- though. When we get into the Big Twelve, when we get into the college football playoff next year, I think we should really start seriously considering just not putting in the Big Twelve because we know what they are, we understand what they are. I also think that we realize. I think what this bowl season also proved that that where we at at four is perfect. I, oh, yeah, but I, th- I think we should get over the eight team because, because the four listen, teams is perfect. I don't even know who eight was. I, I don't. I don't remember. Maybe it was, it was Wisconsin. Four. Was it Wisconsin? They were yeah, five they, Five was Georgia, six was Oregon, seven was um Baylor, and eight was uh Wisconsin. It, it, de- it didn't matter, Wisconsin. If they were going to play LSU in the 1A game, LSU was going to crush them. So w- what more were we going to see? We're not going to see any difference. Ohio State was going to beat the number seven team. They were going to crush them. Clemson was going to – here's the difference this year. These three teams, and we've talked about this countless of times, Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU were were so much better than everyone else this season. Yeah, they were a step ahead of everyone else. They stood even out Al- above everyone else. Alabama, they stood out above Alabama everybody else. Alabama had a lot of holes. Yep. Okay, and Alabama was the fourth best team. But then there was another tier. Then there was the Floridas, the Oregon's, Wisconsin's, the Utahs. Maybe the Utahs. Maybe during the season. At the time, at you the had time, during the season, you had them in there. See, I look at Utah and the Baylor, that third tier. So, I understand, but that's why I just I think we should start seriously considering. When it comes to the next college football playoff of the Big Twelve, I know if they win their co- if they're gonna win their conference championship and, and if they're a one loss team, that's fine. But it's kinda like the Notre Dame thing as well. We know what we're gonna get. And you just saw it last Saturday. You've seen it all bowl season. One and five in the bowl season. Speaks for yourself. That's what happens. Disappointment. It is disappointment. Speaking of bowl games, and 
we were talking about it with specifically with Minnesota is what bowl games mean to programs. Oh. And and everybody wants to say, this "Oh, this is my question." I know you brought this up, and I think it's a good question because you start you're starting to see more and more players not playing in the bowl games and getting ready for the NFL draft. Which, whatever, that's fine. I, I mean, it's amazing how what the world has come to nowadays that all we care about. And Charles Barkley said it best last year: playing to play the game that you love, not because of the money. And that's the problem nowadays. But you look at the bowl games, you see a team like Minnesota. Minnesota. Who's Minnesota in college football? I mean, college hockey, it's a different story. Minnesota's great with college hockey. They're one of the best programs in all of college with that. But what are they in football? Who, who the hell is Minnesota? It's a couple years ago, they were terrible. Well, bottom feeders of the Big Ten. Now you look at them. Outback Bowl. Maybe one of the biggest wins in program history. A, a dominating performance. Now I'll never forget seeing the picture of that time of possession in that game at one point was like 20-something to two minutes. It was fascinating. Yeah, it was. It was remarkable. And but just to see what a win like that does for your program. You beat an SEC program in I mean, Auburn. You beat SEC and an Auburn team that beat Alabama. Now whatever you can make the things, but you beat an SEC team, yep. a very good SEC team, the same SEC team that beat Oregon. One too. of the best defensive programs in the co- in the country. Absolutely. And for a Minnesota program, you say the bowl game means nothing. It does mean something. It does. It means something for PJ Flack. It means something to the Minnesota Gophers. It means something to the program going forward. Does that mean they're going to re- start recruiting? Top ten talent. Ted, no, I mean even a that, team. That's a New Year's Day bowl game. Even a team like, uh, to continue your point, a team like Baylor. I know they didn't win, but to be in the Sugar Bowl, players see that. Oh yeah, and no. they're in Texas. Players from Texas, they're like, oh we're man, the, Baylor. We're, we're good. We can Look play in the big games. But I think, but I think for more so for the winning teams. Team no, Minnesota and Auburn. That's a big win. Yes, see, it's a huge program see, like, win. And, I, and now I'm gonna switch it over for a second, because it's gonna lead into the next question. A team like Michigan, who again continuously, what is it, Harbaugh zero four in the bowl games? I believe he is. I thought I it's all the same. You so might he's have, o, he's zero and five versus Ohio but, State. One and ten as an underdog. Four and nine against their rivals, and one and four in the bowl games. No Big Ten appearance either in a college football. So for Minnesota, now what I just said, that's a positive for Minnesota. You get the winning. You you have eleven win season. Positivity going forward. PJ Fleck. You can build off of this. Yep. Michigan. They lose again in a bowl game. Against a big time opponent, against a big time coach, I think it have an opposite effect now because it hurts because it's like we can't win. I the mean, they're big, still going to get the recruits, but it's going to hurt hardball because it's like okay, you again, you can't win the big one, you can't beat a good team. I mean, like how many times are we going to continue to say this until something changes? So, bowl games, people say ah, there's too many bowl games. You're probably right. There is too many bowl oh, games. Yeah, there's- there's a bowl game today at three thirty. Not that I care about the Potato Bowl, Nevada versus it's the Potato Bowl, Ohio. No one Idaho cares. Potato Bowl. No one cares. That's not but nice. But for certain teams, they care. It mean it's meaningful. How do you finish off your season for some of these seniors, for the coaching staff, for the incoming class? Junior, you want to build. Off, you want to go into next season with a positive and a win, and you build into that, and you lead off of that every day. One and zero. One and zero. One and zero. Yep. Michigan. Other story, different story. Yeah. Can't win the big one. Can't and beat Ohio part, State. Can't beat a rival. Can't beat Alabama. Can't win a bowl game. What? Ted, what they we? haven't. They haven't been in a Big Ten championship game since Harbaugh has been there, and they haven't been to the college football playoff. I mean, I'll get right into that point, and I'm glad you brought it up. It's like, what are you waiting for? It's kind of like the Houston Texans. It's kind of like the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Harbaugh's a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but right now it seems like his 
his time is running out. And I'm surprised that we haven't heard more from it because this was a year we all thought, oh, Michigan, they're going to be a dark horse. They're going to get to the college football playoff. What happens? They get destroyed their last two games of the season. They get demolished by Ohio State, and then they get beat up. I know it was a close game for most of that game. I know the score said 35-16. It was a lot closer. But you lose again. Just the law. Just the impact of losing again for a coach, a program. A once proud program in college football. They're still a proud program. They are, but to see where they are. They're a 9-10 win team. Yeah, that's great, but it's like the Yankees. 90 wins is great. Yeah, that's nice, but that's not the Yankees. That's not Michigan football. Michigan football is supposed to be 11, 12 wins, competing for national championships, winning national championships. They haven't even smelled it yet. They haven't even come close. I know. What do you want to say? Oh, you don't have to say anything. I'm just saying I talked to Chaz a lot about this because he is a avid supporter of Jim Harbaugh. And he thought Michigan was going to win. And I was, and I said, "There's no way Saban's not losing two straight." Michigan, this is what Michigan does. This is what teams do. There's they certain, are very good programs. There's certain teams in sports that just this is the same old. This is not surprising. So why each in every week when we're when we're watching these games and they're playing these teams, why are we get surprised by the results? We have to stop doing that as fans nowadays. And I'm just saying, a, a, just a few teams. In the NFL, like the Cowboys and the Texans, and in the and in college, you, you get Michigan and stuff like that, and Georgia, same teams. Why do we always buy into hype? It's our biggest flaw sometimes as fans, because we become infatuated with them. I think so, though. You can say Georgia is not in the same. Ah. Georgia's been to the national championship. Georgia's been to the SEC title game a bunch of times. Okay, but, they have uh, been there. Other than that, what have they done? You know, you know who. Other than that, what have they done? You know who this would be better. It was the ex Georgia coach. Oh, Mark Rick. That was more of a realistic. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Other than that one title game appearance and a few. Yeah, SEC. but they've been in the SEC title game at least three of the uh, four. <laughs> Listen, you just said Michigan wasn't in any Big Ten titles. They haven't even competed for it. At but least it's Georgia's the same, there. It's the same thing with Georgia. Whatever. They're a very hyped up team. Trip, it's like th- Michigan. Trip, we then, ha- then we should cut all the teams up because realistically, then, then there's only four but teams. But I'm just saying as a, as, as a person that watches sports. Then you could say the same should, thing about Texas we football. We should stop. By, yeah, that's oh, perfect. That's another example. Texas football. A team that came in this year as a top 10 program thinking they were going to be maybe the team to win and come out of the Big 12 and compete for a national championship. They were an eight-win team. Stop buying into the hype. We have to. We as fans have to stop buying into it. Stop. Just plain and simple. It's our biggest issue. Just stop. Just stop. Because <laughs> each and every year we do it. But and we act. Surprised. But that's. But that's but, what makes. That's what. That's what makes it even. That's more, what makes it interesting. But that's what makes it more fascinating. Is that we're like we literally are like. Surprised by the result, Dallas Cowboys. Well, no, but just in general, we're surprised by the result. I don't know if we're surprised. I don't know if we're surprised. Are you surprised? Me? No, because I'm Ohio. No, because no, I'm an Ohio State fan. But you're also realist. Yes, but it, I also I'm also not the dumb fan that sticks my finger up every time my team. We're number one. We're you're not well, even number you sure? twenty. No, you go like this. You go peace, 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 peace be with you. No, but realistically. You would probably, if the camera was on you, you, you wouldn't know what to do. So you'd be like, yeah, number no, one. No, I wouldn't do number one. How do you know? You never had the camera on you. Oh, I have had the camera no, on you. Yeah, I'd probably do something else stupid. I'd probably chug a beer or something, something stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'd be like, you'd be Ted being Ted. You'd be a million, you'd, be, you'd have a million views on it. I'd have me. But I'd that's, be, listen, it's like I'm a Florida <laughs> fan. 
I'll speak it from that perspective. Would you consider them like the same boat as Michigan? No, because they they they're good. They're getting. But are they the same boat? As a, but Michigan's See, been here's go- the, Michigan's been good. Here's the but pro- they haven't been great. Here's the problem with Harbaugh. There's an expectation that he's supposed to be in the top four, and I think that do you think that's he not, should, do you not, not think a, that's do you not, not a you, real expectation? But do you not think he's one of the five best coaches in college football? Yeah, you could put him up there. Okay, who would you put right now over him? Dabo Saban, who? Dabo Saban. Mm-hmm. I can't put Ryan Day in there yet because he hasn't done would it. You put Lincoln long. Riley. I would. Okay. I like Dan Mullen from Florida. Would you put him as a top five coach? I like Kirby Smart. Would you put him as a top five? I don't coach? know. I'm not going to rank him. I'm just going to say. But would you? Would you Harbaugh, put Harbaugh as a top five coach? I like James Franklin. Okay. And would you put about, Jim? And that's Har- about it. Would you put Harbaugh in? Yeah, I probably put him at five. So when you're five. a top five, yeah, but coach that doesn't you're... mean you're gonna be in the championship game. When you get great recruiting classes, so you have or- a great so coach. the Oregon coach mm-hmm. who had a chance to be in the college football playoff is he a top five coach? No, because he's been only doing it for two years. Okay, so what? Harbaugh's been doing it. He did it at Stanford. He can't do it. Yeah, at- but they weren't. They weren't a playoff team. He brought Stanford. They team were a to BCS a- team. They were in the BCS. They were. They're in the BCS now. The Citrus Bowl is a New Year's Day bowl. You're in one of the big bowls of the day. But as a, but it's different. There's a different standard from Stanford to Michigan. Michigan, it's like going from. I can't even think of. It's like going from like the Texans to the Dallas Cowboys. It's like going from the Texans to the Dallas Cowboys. You're good there. That's fine. But when you go to the Dallas Cowboys, you have a higher standard. I know what you're saying. You want you want him. It's to like be, going to from the, the o- okay. How about this for baseball? I'll give you. It's like being the Oakland Athletics, a good team, but then you just get hired by the New York Yankees. The standard, the bar is set. But that's and not, it's and the expectations. But I don't think are, that's I don't think that's a realistic. When he got hired by when he got hired by Michigan, he was in, he was to come in and do one job. Win national championships. Come back and let. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a realistic expectation. Really? Yes. Wow. Because they were not a good team previously with the previous coaches. They were seven win teams. They were eight win teams. He has still haven't been able. They're they're a ten win team every season, and he hasn't been able to beat Ohio State. He's gotten embarrassed the last two games. All right. Well, we'll find out, right? I'm surprised he's still the coach. I'm just saying that. Who are you gonna get better? I'm just saying Who that. Are you I'm, go- t- I'm just saying that because I want the Giants to go after. Who are you gonna get better? Who are I, you I gonna- don't know. Exactly. There's no Jim Harbaugh has done a phenomenal job for Michigan for what he needs to do. Now, of course, as a as a Michigan fan or a college football fan, you want Harbaugh to win one of it's the. It's a big phenomenal games. job if he's taking the job at Minnesota. No, it's not. And he's doing it. Yes, that's a phenomenal job. This is not a phenomenal job. When you okay, do I have to go back to the stats? I know when you lose, when you're zero and five, you're one and ten as an underdog. You're four and nine against your rivals. You're one and four at bowl games. No Big Ten title appearances and a no C and a no college football playoff. That's phenomenal. I'll put it this That's way. Ph- Hold on. I'll put it this way: Is Michigan in a better spot now than when they were before he took over? Yeah, but but not, yes, but not. Then Mar- you answer my question. That's all. But I But they're phenomenal. But answer I, they my question. They don't have to be phenomenal. How you many teams are phenomenal? You just said they were. He has done a phenomenal job of getting them where they need to be. Okay. okay. They are. Listen, as a coach, think about this. He's not just a coach. Okay. He's like a leader. Okay. He's the business guy. There are when, not, he, when, they, when he started the business, they were a regular business, and he has brought them up to another level. I'm sorry, but when you're a nine-win team and you're getting embarrassed by your rival and you're losing, they are bo- they are in a better situation now than they were five years ago. The last two games he's had against Should Ohio be- State and and 
His last two games up, up. against SEC teams, Dan Mullen, they've gotten embarrassed. Dan Mullen has only been with the Florida Gators two years, and they are in a better situation now than when they were two years ago. Yeah, because they're winning. They're winning. But so is Michigan. You just want to. I know what you mean. You just want them to win a big game. They're not winning big games. Yeah, they're winning because they're beating teams like Maryland and Rutgers, and everybody beats them. But the difference between the Florida Gators, the Florida Gators are an 11-win team this year. They were a 10-win or 11-win team last year. They beat Michigan last year, destroyed Michigan actually, and then they beat. So maybe he's a a better NFL coach then. Maybe he's a better NFL coach. But he was a great college coach too. So it doesn't make yeah, any but he he had a bad team and he made them good. It doesn't, doesn't make great. any sense. Okay, whatever. Let me close out really quickly with this. Does Tua stay and should he stay? First of all, absolutely not. Why should he stay? You've already been hurt like three times in the last sixteen months. Go, go get your nineteen million, twenty million, twenty five million. Fe- maybe he's, he listen, feels he has something to prove. There's nothing though. to prove. There is nothing to prove. You won a national championship. You're one of the three best quarterbacks in college football. There's nothing else to prove. You've set records at Alabama. You're you're going to be drafted in the top ten. There is t- needy teams at quarterback. That's why the Giants are in a perfect position at four, because five, six, seven, and eight all need quarterbacks. And I don't have the teams in front of me, but I know that for a fact. They need quarterbacks and teams. Dolphins and we've seen Chargers te- and, and Panthers. And even though teams yeah. didn't need quarterbacks, team needs co- teams in the NFL need quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen. Texas went up and got Deshaun Watson. What if he, what okay, if he, and he had an ACL injury. Okay, teams went up and got quarterbacks. There is two legit quarterbacks this year. It's Herbert and Joe Burrow. What if he? What if he returns? What does it mean for college football? What would it do next year? To think that Ohio State's bringing back Justin Fields, to think that Clemson it makes Alabama to think that, favorite. to think that Clemson's bringing back Trevor Lawrence, and then next year you're gonna have possibly if he comes back Tua, he might do it because his brother's there too. I don't think he, I, I think he lets his Would brother take me? over. Would you leave me? Yeah, I'd let you start your own career. Wow, I'm not gonna hold he you. Sa- he said that without no hesitation. Let I you say, start. I see what my brother's at now. Start your, your own I'm career. He's got it. But here's the thing: his brother. Not new even, year, new me, Ted. His, huh? His brother's not even gonna probably start. The kid that they're bringing Mac in. Mac Jones? Oh, no, the recruit. Mm-hmm. Is a beast. That's what I'm trying to say. That if, David if, Pollock said he will be starting day one. If he comes back next year, it does add some, a they lot. They said this kid's better than two of It does up. add that much flavor to college football. To me, quickly, he's been dealing with the injuries. Go make could, your money, bro. Could he pull a, Sam, Bra- could he pull a Sam Bradford? Don't know. Here's my team. Go sit behind a quarterback, an aging quarterback. Like, I don't know, maybe the Chargers and Phillip Rivers for one year but and it, take over the reins. Does it depend on where he gets drafted? Because that he might. I mean, if he's a top 50, I mean, at, at the beginning of the year, we thought he was going to be the Why number the one Patriots? pick. Why not the Patriots? The 30, maybe they 20, high high 20 pick. Do you know I was reading an article? He might be a high you know, 20 pick. Do you know pick? the Patriots were thinking about going up to get Baker Mayfield? I wouldn't be read that in an article. Jock McDaniels was the one that scouted him and had huge high rave and reviews on him. And the Patriots almost went up to go get Baker Mayfield. The Browns didn't want to give up. But that. Wh- wh- how far are they willing to go? If Tua, for, who was a, a number one prospect in the beginning of the year, to where he is possibly now, which is maybe in that 7 to 15 range, does he come back I, for I another year? Dude, to he's per- going to be in the top 10. Because it's teams just because of those teams that and are you're just going to sit him for a year. Sit him for a year. You do that anyways for the most part. Sit him behind a year. Who, who's he most likely, do you think, he would most likely go to? Any oh, of the t- oh, oh, anybody oh. that needs a quarterback. Where would he fit? I like I like, I like what I, I didn't even think about that, what someone said this morning. The Dolphins? The Tampa Bay thing. You franchise tag for Winston for another year. You're going to have Mike Evans. You're going to Chris Godwin. You got a lot of good, great players. You let him sit behind Winston for a year. Let Winston do his his thing, and then you ship him off. 
and you let Tua take over the reins. Or you San Diego. If you want to bring back Rivers for a one-year deal, you give him a one-year deal or a two-year deal, and if you can always have an option, cut him out after a year. You sit him behind Philip Rivers for a year in San Diego. They open up the new stadium, and he takes over the San Diego Charge, uh, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers, and they got pieces there. Okay. There's a lot of teams that could use a quarterback. You sit him for a year. He's not coming in starting day one. That's you know that anyways. He's hurt. Okay. You redshirt him. We we've done it before with NFL with quarterbacks. What's to say you can't do it this year? Go get your money. Get paid to sit on the just bench. because of the um. And think about it. Go get paid to sit on the bench just, for your and learn. The That's what the Giants were hoping when the Giants drew, and I'll make this I'll relate this to the Giants for one last point. The Giants were hoping when they took Daniel Jones at six that he did not play a single down this year. They did not expect him to. Yeah, remember he was going to not play for three years? Exactly. Now, Tua's situation is different in injury because someone I know is going to correct me. But if the Giants were thinking that and other teams are thinking that, unless you have a, a legit viable option ahead of them, like the Arizona Cardinals did not have a viable option ahead of them. Kyler Murray was coming in to start day one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's. I think that's where also in the sense of – Patience. I think that some of these teams that, like a Phillip Rivers, that if, if the Chargers were to draft a Tua at seven, or even the Dolphins at five, and they drafted the patience level. Oh, we drafted him. We got to see him come in. Do you know that franchise organizations, higher ups now, lose patience and they want to see the young. What, 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 how they about move this? Perfect, they want to move on like this. How, and look what the and it was what? a perfect. The Giants. They. Shermer was. He wanted to see Daniel Jones play. He didn't. Eli was done. Eli was over with. They wanted to see it. They lose patience, and that's what happens. And that's what the Chargers, if they decide to draft a Tua, they might lose the you know, patience, and, you know and he might start quicker than you think. Perfect team I just thought of. Colts. You had Brissett for a two-year deal. You let him finish the two-year deal. You have a great offensive line. You I, like great- Her- I like Herbert there. Yeah, Frank Wright is a coach. But Tua, you got a running game, an offensive line, yeah. and he sits behind Jacoby Brissett for another year. And then you bring it, and you bring. I it just to- think you face a lot of pressure when you draft a quarterback, a top ten pick, but you that know, you know that the expectations are. Yeah, but he, let's try to get him he in. Does, but we we're not with him, and everyone knows that. You're willing to live with that because the money nowadays is a lot cheaper in the first round than it was ten years ago when Sam Bradford was the number pick. You're not giving up fifty million guaranteed. No, I know so it's different. Yeah. You're willing to take the risk because it's not that much of a risk. Teams are willing to do that. I'm just saying from pa- from what we've seen in the Go past. Go get your money. Well, 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 yeah, that's true. But what we've seen from the past of teams facing the pressure from the higher-ups that you have to get these guys in because you drafted them top 10. You don't. They don't like – we don't see quarterbacks sit anymore. I know he's dealing with a serious injury, but we don't see quarterbacks sit anymore. And that's why I could see if a team like the Chargers or a quarterback-needed team wanted him, then you might see him sooner than expected, like Daniel Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off. I hope everybody enjoys Wild Card Weekend as well. We'll be back next week to discuss the Wild Card Weekend, and then we'll be talking more divisional playoffs and national championship. Tigers versus the Tigers. Who's winning? And who would you rather have? Like I said, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. That will be all discussed. If you didn't get to check out our show, you can check us out at Spotify and YouTube as well. And if also, if you want some hoodies, we got brand new hoodies, give us a call, message us, and let us know. We'll make it happen for you. Sorry, we're also on uh, squarespace.com. You can find us out on our website. You can look up Clovercrest Media. We're also on that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So check us out. We're on multiple avenues. If you want a hoodie, inbox us, message me or Trev. We'll They're take nice care hoodies, of whatever you want. If you want, they come in black or blue. So let us know, as I said. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Everybody have a great weekend. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.